Opa. Hey guys, we're going on a national bikini tour, and we're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition. You are in luck. There's a town about three miles that way. I'm sure you'll find a couple guys there. I saw you sitting in the rain. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spittin' the Real Shit, uh, the only weekly movie podcast made exclusively by, for, and about the online Facebook group, The Real Shit. Uh, you are catching us on a very special day, because this is our 16th episode ever. In celebration of this milestone, we are deciding to take it easy this week and just talk 90s comedy, uh, specifically the 1994 Fairley Brothers debut, Dumb and Dumber, as well as a round of first and favorite, uh, some bracket talk, and a visit to the real shit obituary. My name is Charlie Thompson, founder, administrator, and bracket master of the real shit. And joining me as always is my co-host and fellow administrator, the midnight movie maniac himself, Ryland Johnson. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Charlie. Uh, I like that the ring of that uh, fellow administrator now. We're sweet 16 already, man. Our, our podcast can drive now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're chugging along it's uh, it's been a couple of weeks we missed last week that was my fault but uh, <laughs> work and our schedules get going we're trying to make this work the best we can for us and for y'all uh, my, my apologies there that was not charles fault that was my fault so we're ready to roll on a wednesday night though let's go so um you did want to talk about a recent passing of a major icon uh, that happened uh, since the last time we talked yeah like i said we did our last podcast before halloween and on halloween the, the legend Sean Connery died at 90 years old. Uh, of course, everybody knows him as, as the iconic. I think he's the mold for uh, 007. I admire your luck, Mr. Bond. James Bond. Maybe for the rest of that character's history. I think he's uh, an amazing uh, pick for 007. He did, he did a great job. I mean, he's one of my favorites in Highlander, playing the Spaniard. Never lose your temper. If your head comes away from your neck, it's over. You know, you've got most people's favorite Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade playing, uh, you know, Indy's dad. A perfect role for him, in my opinion. And then, uh, you know, you got a fun one. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was always one of my favorites. Yeah, rest in peace to Sean Connery, man. Literally a legend. Uh, I can't, uh, can't not talk about The Rock when you talk about uh, Sean Connery. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. I thought it was just a great, just, I mean, it's one of Michael Bay's first, you know, and it was, it was great that Sean Connery was part of that, you know, being the action star that he is. Can you imagine being on set with Nick Cage and Sean Connery? I just, they, they seem like oil and water to me. I don't, I don't see them uh, getting along in their, in their everyday personal lives. <laughs> yes. That's, it seems strictly business, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 90 years and, and, and the career he had, um, you know, sad day, but at the same time, you know, I, I, anybody's blessed to make it at 90, and uh, yeah, he'll be missed. His resume far exceeds, you know, anything that most people can imagine a, a great resume being, you know, part of so many franchises, uh, the Jack Ryan franchise with uh, The Hunt for Red October. Torpedo impact, 20 seconds. What books? Pardon me? What books did you write? I wrote a biography of Admiral Halsey called The Fighting Sailor about uh, naval combat tactics. I know this book. Torpedo impact. Your conclusions were all wrong, Brian. Ten seconds. Halsey acted stupidly. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. But you mentioned um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I uh, I was never a big fan of that movie. My understanding is that that's a lot of people's opinion. So it was it was fun to hear you say that you enjoyed that film. You know, I I like the characters. You know, the Doctor Jekyll, the you know, just 
the Mr. Invisible vampires, you know, and then you throw in Sean Connery. It was his last film to make. You know, it was his uh, swan song. He played the role pretty, pretty well. And it was just fun to me. I didn't take it too serious. You know, like I said, I like the, the, the sci-fi monsters, you know, kind of side to it. You know, Sean Cottery plays just a, a badass, you know, like he always does. So. Get him. It's too far. Take your time. You're ready. Take uh, do you remember your first Sean Connery? You know, we, we'd mentioned this earlier and it, I had to beat my brain up because, you know, I definitely didn't get into the 007s until I was a teenager. So it must it had to have been when I watched Last Crusade in that infamous summer of 89. Uh, you so. know, it was Batman or I'm pretty sure it was Batman first. And then I caught Last Crusade that summer. So that's definitely one of my favorite summers of, of movies, you know, and I definitely caught Last Crusade at, at a theater. So it had to be then. You know, I got to say it was Last Crusade as well. I mean, as far as noticing, my old man might have had a Sean Connery movie on, but I probably didn't care, you know, and, and until Indiana Jones came around. Yeah. Perfect role for him in that one. I mean, you take uh, Sean Connery out of Last Crusade, and it's just not the same film. You know, he's he's such he's so good as as Indy's dad. Oh God, I've lost him. And I never told him anything. I just wasn't ready, Marcus. Five minutes would have been enough. Oh, yeah, it's a great layer to add to Indy's character. His quote-unquote mentor was as a father. There's a fun fact where I think Connery's only like 15 or 16 years older than Harrison Ford, if I'm I'm wrong. If he died at 90, that means Harrison Ford is like 75 years old. Yeah, yeah. I know Harrison Ford is into his 70s now, so maybe he is 16, 17 years older. You know, it was a little too close in age. Uh, and, of course, back then, when you're 35 and 50, that's really not that big of a gap, you know? Yeah. Um, no, it, it blew my mind that, that Harrison Ford is that old. He's getting there. All of our heroes are, die- are, are, are are getting old, man. Yeah, and he still put on that vest and played Han Solo one more time. He's still still doing it. <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, don't tell me that you can't do it. Harrison Ford, he's 70 years old. That's what that's a good that's a good thing to think about. Like, how old is too old to act? You got Ian McKellen doing it still. You got Patrick Stewart in his seventies. You know these guys are you know still doing it. But there is a point to. I think that's why Connery's last role was probably what was that two thousand five. So that means Connery probably retired at sixty five seventy. Am I right? Or now seventy five actually? Man, (laughs) well, I I remember I was flabbergasted when I saw that Michael Douglas was going to be in Ant Man. And I was like, man, that old guy is going to be in a movie? And that was when he was going through a cancer scare, too. So, yeah, more props to him, man. I, you know, I love seeing these guys act into their 70s, if they can do it. If they're still, they don't lose a, a step or two. Robert De Niro doesn't have the chops he had, you know, when he was 30 or 40, I'm sorry to say. But what about, uh, like, Pacino? Pacino's always had more energy, right? You know, he's kind of, ha- that's his go-to. So he's still showing that, I think. But, um yeah, I mean, these guys lose a step or two, in my opinion. It's hard to keep, you know, that. Look at Harrison Ford. He's an action star. He can't be doing stunts and stuff at his age, you know? So No, no way. I mean, apparently this new indie he's doing, I hope to God he takes the grandpa old man role and some, they, they somehow write a, another action figure in there. I don't know who you would do, how you would do, but. So, okay, so 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 you, as as a big indie fan, when you heard they're making an Indy Five, a uh, hot take. What, what was your thoughts on that? It, it excites me that, like I said, they're my heroes. These guys I grew up idolizing. So mm-hmm. to see another, an, a last ride or just another go, a lot of people get turned off by it, but it excites me because, like, you know, you talk about age and you know, these guys aren't going to be around forever. But in my opinion, I thought immediately of Last Crusade. I was like, oh, great, now he can play the father figure, like, uh, you know, like uh, Sean Connery did. Throw in a, a younger character that that can develop the story a little better that can have you know because indie is an action film it's an action yeah. adventure film he's gonna have to be on some adventures and you know chris crystal skull was was really hard for me to accept 
it was bad. It had, you know, the sci-fi element really, really just didn't do it for me at all. And then you throw in his age then, that was what, 12 years, 10 years ago at least now? It's been a minute, you know, and I wasn't a big LaBeouf fan then, but I am now. You know, maybe they could roll another movie and throw Shia in there again, and I think he'd be great. But, you know, at the time, I was he was coming off Transformers. He just, you know, I just kind of thought of him as like the stereotypical teeny guy that's going to flame out, you know. The Shia you saw in 08 was him trying to, you know, make it, like, like post-Transformers Shia. Like, now he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. No. So it's like, I, mean, I wonder, even if he takes the job. From what you've seen out of Shia LaBeouf in the last few years, you know, he's done a lot of indie flicks, and I think he steers away from from the big movies if if he can. But who knows with that guy? He's yeah, he gets, he gets weirder by the year, which that's his, that's kind of why I like him. <laughs> he's yeah. just kind of out there. Well, we were talking about uh, uh, Al Pacino, um, uh, which is a good segue uh, into uh, one of my favorite heist films, which is Heat. And uh, I think it's going to be a total contender for the heist bracket coming up. I just want to get mixed up with that bitch. Because she got a great ass. And you got your head all the way up it. Jesus. <laughs> Ferocious, aren't I? I, uh, I? I'm still working on the bracket, guys. Uh, it, it is my next one. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. I, I put out a couple of uh, hot 16s, the last two brackets. But this one's going to be a full 32 slot bracket. Uh, it's gonna be it'll take a full month to get through. I know uh, I, I know some people show up just to play the bracket, and so appreciate everybody that plays. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking a little time in between uh, Halloween and and all this, so I'm not, I'll, I'll announce a release date soon. But I wanted to ask you, Ryan, uh, besides Heat, which is a hot contender, what, what other movies do you think should make oh. the uh, the highest bracket? First of all, I'm stoked about this. Always been a huge fan of heist movies. I love the concept of it. Bracket forbidding, however you seed them. I got the final four right here. I've got you've, you've got to put Heat as the the contender, the heavy hitter. I've got Ronan, which is one of my absolute favorites. I got Italian Job mm-hmm. thrown in there, and then of course you've got to throw in Ocean's Eleven. This is the vault at the Bellagio. It's located below the Strip, beneath 200 feet of solid earth. It safeguards every dime that passes through each of the three casinos above it, and we're gonna rob it. Smash and grab job, huh? Slightly more complicated than that. So, uh, sell me on Ronan. I've never seen Ronan before. Oh, okay. So, Robert De Niro, it's kind of a, it's definitely a European setting of a, of a heist movie. Some of the best car chase scenes you'll ever see on film, you know, made in, in Europe, but it just has that Europe European feel to it. It's got that almost Jason Bourne kind of feel of you're in a different country and Robert De Niro's in his prime. Is uh, is De Niro uh, the robber, or is he... Yeah, kind of the team leader. He gets his team together. Of course, some shit goes awry. Of course. Uh, the, the list, you know, uh, all the all the thugs and all the all the, the hooligans in the movie all are just great character actors. What's in the case? That information is necessary. Is it heavy? Is it explosive? Is it chained to some unlucky bloke's wrist? We're going to have to chop it off? I all mean, right. What is it? But I'm not under any obligation to let you know. If what... you are not, then the price has got to go up. I'll get you the case, but the price has got to go up. If it's going to be amateur night, I want $100,000. I want it up front. I want it in a bank account. I want another 100000 when you get the case. It's a, it's, it's a must-watch. What, uh, what do you think makes a good heist film? Like the act itself or like getting together of the team? Yeah, I kind of like the team aspect. I've always liked the idea of, you know, recruiting you know, finding your guys, you know, you always got the wet man, the sticky finger guy, you know how, you know, the, and it's always a, a, a cunning thinker of a movie. I love the Ocean's Eleven where you really don't know how they're doing it until the end. And then, it, you know, it's such a twist, cool ending. You know, I love those mind benders in, in a heist movie. That's usually the case. There's always those tense moments of when they're trying to open the safe or, you know, they've got 10 seconds to do this one thing. And, you know, they're counting down. There's just always a, a moment. It's just pins and needles. The double double cross. Yes, and uh, there's always a lot of espionage and and and, and uh, you know stabbing in the back, and and there's always <laughs> a, a guy that that's the bad guy you didn't think was the bad guy. So uh, yeah, those are always just a fun movie to to watch. You know, it's just a a good time. And you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the Italian job. You're talking about the remake or the original? Yeah, you know, I, I I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I haven't seen the original, so the Marky Mark version uh, with the little minis was still fun. <laughs> Agree. I, I I had nothing bad to say about that film. Yeah. Um. I thought. Um. God. My, his his name's blanking me. Bad guy. 
Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton. I didn't really like him as a villain. I know he, he, he was trying to play the douchey guy, but the whole getting the team together, the car chase scene, you know, Mark Wahlberg's always a pretty solid bet on movies like this. So, Babyface Mark Wahlberg. I know. And it's hard to imagine a babyface Charlize Theron, but man, she was... Charlize. Like, so, like, oh my God, like, like, look at her now, and you're like, she must be like 25. She's a but goddess. She, but, but, but she's like a Harrison Ford. She's like yeah. mid-50s now. Yeah, she's still doing it, and, and she's doing some... It's all action now, man. It's five or six roles she's done, and she does most of her stunts. Yeah. She's still in great shape. Uh, she's a gorgeous woman, so, I mean, yeah. 20 years ago, she was uh, definitely in her prime for that. Yeah, I, I saw that one in the theater, and I was, I was, you know, Seth Green, uh, thoroughly impressed. Uh, Jason Statham, a uh, great little team up. How do you do that? What are you saying? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to meet you. I'm handsome Rob, and you are. Oh, my name's, my name's Becky, but it's written on my shirt. Listen, I'm gonna need your shirt and your truck. Perfect. I'll give them both to you. Would you? Would you like my virginity as well? If it's on the menu. Oh, you're so witty. Why don't you take advantage of me? Yeah, you're not too bright, are you? No. Perfect. So uh, if you could pick one Mission Impossible movie to throw in the bracket. Oh, man. You know what? I get a lot of shit for this, but I love John Woo's Mission Impossible too. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love just the storyline. I love the action, the goofy ending where they're, you know, flying their motorcycles in the air. All the all the white doves and of course they've gotten you know much better since then. The last two or three were were great espionage films. I was 18, 16. I was always a huge Tom Cruise fan. I get a lot of shit for that too, but couldn't wait for it. I couldn't wait for that sequel, and it was just fun. I love John Woo, man. He's such a great director. He makes it fun. Uh, he makes the action a little bit over the top, which I liked. It's still got a good uh, espionage side to it. You know, it's still got a lot of Mission Impossible aspects. So. Mission Impossible too. That's that's like everybody's least favorite. That's so funny. Yeah, I know. It, it's I get it. I don't know why, but you know what, man? It came at the right time in my life, and I just I, every time I watch it, it makes me smile, and I I love it. It's, but it, but it's, it reminds me of that Family Guy quote um, <laughs> uh, about the Godfather. Yes. Where he's like, it insists upon itself. I, I, thought, I think that Mission Impossible 2 insists upon itself. Yeah, yeah. I believe that all those movies you mentioned will be on the bracket. Um, I have a discussion thread for every episode, guys. Uh, what what uh, movies do you think should be on the highest bracket? We'd love to hear from you guys, uh, your opinions. But uh, moving on to our next little thing, you want to play a fun game, Ryan? In honor of our talking about Dumb and Dumber tonight, we are going to do a first and favorite for both of the lead actors in it. I don't think I've ever done either one of these on the actual um, group, so it'll be fun to hear each other's opinions. So I'll, I'll let you go first, Ryland. Uh, whichever one you want to go with, uh, first and favorite, Jeff Daniels or Jim Carrey? Let's go. I'm going to go Jeff Daniels. My first experience with Jeff Daniels was the Still so creepy, arachnophobia of 1990. Nice shot. You know, you, you talk about a spot, you know, a creepy spider movie. Everyone knows arachnophobia, everyone saw it, it creeped everybody out. <laughs> It still puts fear of spiders into me. You know, I saw that as a kid. So Jeff Daniels being the lead dad and that I thought was great. You know, he does have a lot of kind of physical comedy and a little bit of physical humor to him that added mm -hmm. to that. And yeah, that was my first for Jeff Daniels. My favorite is going to have to be, it's got to be Dumb and Dumber. Go ahead, Steve. You going to eat that? What, that? No. Yes. No. Well, no, I, I'd crossed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
you know, him coming into this movie in 94, he wasn't known as a comedy actor, you know, at all. He did a lot of dramatic roles. I've read some tidbits and Jim Carrey really wanted to bring in an actor, not a comedian, to bounce off of him and to really ground him. And I think he just blew it out of the water. He came in on a on I heard I heard he made fifty thousand dollars to take this this movie on while Jim Carrey took seven million. So just wow. think of it that that way. That's that's kind of astonishing. Yeah, I think he I think he came into this role thinking, uh, I don't know if this is going to be good or not, but let's just roll with it. And I think he, he killed it as Harry Dunn. That's a good person favorite. It's just too bad. It's the exact same one as mine. <laughs> you know, it's Jeff Daniels, you know, I mean, he's he's a good actor, but most of his roles just kind of aren't my style of movie. So, you know, I went with um, the, the earliest I could find was Arachnophobia of 90. That really was, was a mainstream movie. I was thinking about it myself uh, earlier in the week and I was like, man, his later stuff is fine. You know, like his stuff on the newsroom and The Martian. And then I started thinking about, you know, some of his earlier stuff. Like there was a movie called Blood Work uh, that's a Clint Eastwood film. But again, it, it just doesn't have the hallmark. It doesn't... Uh, watching Dumb and Dumber again, like you really see that, that actor side of it. That's him really, you know, try, trying to be the funniest he possibly could. And it's so crazy that the rest of his resume... And is just so starkly different from any, yeah, from anything like Dumb and Dumber. This was definitely, you know, I don't know if it was a stretch for him or if Jim Carrey just really, really have convinced him to do this. You would think after the role of playing Harry Dunn, he would have gone on and done a lot more comedy stuff. But I just don't think that's really what he enjoys, maybe, or, or what yeah. maybe see him as. You know, he really just played, I mean, played the super goofball here, you know. So my two honorable mentions for Mr. Daniels is definitely Speed. He plays, you know, buddy cop really well. And then, and then the recent one was Looper. He's the bat, he's kind of the old uh, guy that's from the future in Looper. You know, I haven't seen Looper yet, but oh. I actually I own it on Blu-ray. I just haven't popped it in yet. It's a, he plays a great role in that, and Looper is worth a watch. So for Jim Carrey, uh, what, what do you got for first and favorite? Man, you know what? I remember going and seeing Ace Ventura in the theater with my friend and not really – I remember knowing of Jim Carrey through uh, In Living Color. You know, everybody knew who Fire Marshal Bill was, but Jim Carrey's name wasn't as big as it was after 1994. I'm ready to go in, Coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. I'm going to execute a button hook pattern super slow-mo. <sighs> Let's see that in an instant replay. I am a yummy day game when I like my day. I mean, it's insane. It is the year of Jim Carrey. I mean, he did, he did uh, Ace Ventura, followed by The Mask, and and really what happened was he gets to Dumb and Dumber, the third movie of that year of 1994, and the success of The Mask. He was still in negotiations for his contract for Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, and they were they were going to give him seven hundred thousand to do this role, and after The Mask's success, they had negotiated to six million. $7 million, which was half of the budget of this movie, went to Jim Carrey. That's how successful he was in this year. The next following year, he does Liar Liar, which is, I think, the first actor to ever get $20-plus million for a role. When you're talking about uh, paychecks, Jim Carrey was the king of the 90s, in my opinion, and, and at least in comedy. Man, this guy had a killer agent. Oh, I know. Like, this guy was ruthless. Like, but, I mean, good for him, you know? I mean, he, he put in the work. I mean, he definitely oh. deserves it. In, uh, my first being Ace Ventura, catching in the theater with my buddy. You had us in, in stitches as kids. You know, you're 10 years old watching these movies. So such a great character at, you know, in Ace Ventura, which is also such a quotable movie. What's your favorite, Jim Carrey? My favorite. See, now this is the this is the tough one for me because he's done some dramatic roles that I really like. The number 23, uh, Man on the Moon, um, was he was amazing in that. I think he gets a lot of slack for that film, but. 
he really, really dove into that as a character. I've got to go with Ace Ventura. I love the character. It, it spawned his, you know, a sequel that's just as good in my opinion. Maybe, maybe one day he'll go back to that character. But uh, yeah, I got to go with Ace Ace Ventura all day. I quote it. I quote it all the time. Uh, if it's on TV, I try to catch it. So not a very surprising pick, but hey, I'm with you on the first one. Um, just me as a kid, just waiting for the next Jim Carrey film to drop. Yeah. You know, like just being 10 or 11 years old and just seeing this guy and this guy's murdering it. Like he's like I, the best run I've seen anybody have like ever, like, in, like, like better than anybody, better than Downey, better than all of them. You know, like, like it's, it's it was epic. Uh, so yeah, Ace Ventura is my first, but my favorite, you mentioned it already, was uh, Man on the Moon. I got 20 bucks, I should work for me now. I would like to use a phone. Not on the loss. How about a bathroom? I may have shit my pants. Drink of water? Nope. Aspirin? Nope. Moist toilet? Nope. In that case, it has been an honor and a good me. I was on the fence on Truman Show or Man on the Moon, but that movie, like it's Milos Foreman, and he just absolutely murdered it, and he, he held my attention the entire time. That's As a awesome. guy who likes to... Uh, make people laugh. It was just such a crazy tangent to go in the comedy realm. One, just one of those, like, you either have to be all in or all out with anything on having to do with Andy Kaufman. Kaufman is a tough character to, to dive into because he was just, a lot of people don't understand that guy. You know, he was, some people call him a genius. Some people call him garbage. He had a unique life and a weird life. And Jim Carrey, you've heard the stories. He got so into character that they almost shut production down because he was being... He was being Andy Kaufman. So you've seen that documentary? Yeah, I've, I haven't seen the documentary, but I've heard of it. I need to catch it, but I've, I've seen the notes about it, and it just it, it definitely caught my attention. Man, uh, they they had a great uh, part on there uh, in the documentary where they're trying to you know uh, do the do the the feud between Jerry Lawler and uh, Andy Kaufman. Just like in the movie, it was all just fake, right? Behind the scenes, it was like, hey, I want you to like really. Like bully me and stuff like that, like yeah, behind yeah. the scene. And uh, and th- there's this great footage of Jerry just like really like lacing into him, like <laughs> like bully style, and like be like, man, I bet they got everybody, man. And then and then he went on like Entertainment Tonight and like made a press release about how they were beefing, but it was all just fake, you know. That's man, it's genius. You don't see people do that these days, you know. I mean, Joaquin's done it with that weird rapping thing he did mm-hmm. for a minute. I thought that was a, you know, a bit, a stick, whatever you want to call it. You don't really see those character actors do the weird things like this anymore. It's bad for, you know, publicity. It's bad for whatever nowadays. You know, they want you to be uh, Mr. PC and Mr. Cool and squeaky clean. But uh, two or three years ago, remember, he was talking all sorts of weird shit about. The world isn't real and Illuminati bullshit. And I was worried about him there for a minute because he was he was starting to lose his mind, I think, a little bit. But I, from from recent, you know, he's playing Biden now on SNL. So I think he's fine. You're on a spiritual journey, period. And we're all going to end up in the same place if there is such a thing. And maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just this and that's it. There's me in the teacup. That's it. There's us. We're the universe, man. I like that. That's fine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say about all this. Yeah. I think I'm tapped out. Okay. You know, unless, uh, I wonder, I wonder if I could do that with other people. I wonder, I wonder what would happen if I decided to just be Jesus. Yeah. I mean, but just imagine being Jim Carrey. It's like being Macaulay Culkin in the yeah. early 90s. Like, everybody was was watching you. Everybody. And everybody's a fan. Like, who hated yeah, on Jim? Yeah, and, and, like, there's nothing he can do wrong. Yeah. You know, but, like, he was so scared of, like, making the wrong move. Like, his entire career. So he just played the wacky guy. It's, it's so strange. Well, uh, I mean, uh, we're kind of dancing around it. You know, so if you want, we can just go ahead and... Uh, dip right into our, our our main focus here tonight. The 1994 Fairly Brothers directed and written Dumb and Dumber. Dumb, a person lacking mental power. What's her last name? I'll look it up. Starts with an S. Slappy. No. Swap. Swappy. Nah. 
Maybe it's on the briefcase. Look on the... Oh, yeah! It's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. Idiot. An adult mentally inferior to a child of three. Skis, huh? That's right. The years? Uh-huh. Both of them? Yeah. Cool. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. Hey. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? If they each had half a brain, they'd still only have half a brain. Oh, look, Frost. Horn. Jim Carrey. Hold that plane! Sir, you, you can't go in there. It's okay! I'm the limo driver! Jeff Daniels. Oh, geez, look at the butt on that. Yeah. He must work out. Dumb and dumber. <laughs> For these guys, every day is a no-brainer. So when I, I I watched this movie, I want to say about a week ago, and I was so curious about uh, the Fairley brothers. Like I, like I found it to be just such a question mark. Like like where did these guys come from? You know, like like what are their previous credits before this? And looking into it, it's kind of like a Clerks type situation. Like it was just a script that got passed around, and they just couldn't get anybody to make it. And then finally, New Line stepped up made their film and it was just a home run it, having having jim carrey god that, that must have been a godsend yeah i mean i mean like i said i'm looking at the budget going okay 14 million dollar movie and seven of it goes to carrey <laughs> it's a seven mm -hmm. million dollar movie man i mean it must have killed in the in the pocket then you look at it over a 20 30 year span now i mean god this must have been a profitable movie i mean fairly brothers i always love their, their sense of humor they kind of you know it, like i said it's a uh, a little crude, rude. This one, this one's just plain stupid, but it's it's got some intelligence behind that stupid, you know, which which makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. And then I I always love a buddy buddy road trip style movie. So and, and, and me, I, I was the same way with you. I caught it again this week. And you know what? The one note that I took that I went ah was the soundtrack. The '90s soundtrack in this thing is really good. It's stellar. You know, and it, and it just takes you back. It takes you back to to that. That, that era, that 1994 era, was a huge, you're a music guy. That was a note I wrote, because, you know, I've been talking about, you know, most of these movies we've been reviewing have been composers and all this. This one's just a good 90s soundtrack, so fun. Yeah, I didn't respect it whenever it was out. In retrospect, uh, going, going back and hearing those songs, it it was like, and it's so infectious, and I know it came from uh, me watching this movie. It dates it a little bit, you know, but that I like that about it, you know, because... You know, it, 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 this movie holds up. The humor is so goofy. It's not, you know, it's not political humor. It's not uh, the time humor. It's just straight up funny, goofy writing that, that Jim Carrey and, and uh, Jeff Daniels just pull off masterfully. Again, while watching it, I was trying to figure out, like, what do we what do we talk about in this episode with this? That's what I was thinking. I was like, everyone's seen it. Like, uh, do we just start quoting it? Like, um <laughs> That's pretty much it. I mean, <laughs> I, I sat there and wrote quotes, and I and I started writing the ones off, just off the top of my head. I wrote down the ones are my favorites, but then you really start looking at it, and you're going, "Holy shit!" This whole movie. I mean, it, it is hands down the most quotable movie of all time. sure there's some movies that you, you might be able to quote because you've seen them personally so much you know society as a whole can i can i, I would bet anyone that
that is a Jim Carrey fan or has seen this movie can give you three Dumb and Dumber quotes off the top of their head easily, if not ten. Well, yeah, you're right, and and it's like even with Star Wars, there's some people that don't know shit about Star Wars. If you throw out a Star Wars quote, you're gonna get a blank stare every once in a while. I mean, it's it's got so much, you know, even a, an iconic car, in my opinion, with the mutts, the muttmobile, you know, mutts mm-hmm. cut. You throw that in there, and it, it just it adds to it's uh it's just a pop culture movie now to me. It's just it's part of our vocab. You run into everyday instances, and you want to quote Dumb and Dumber here and there, so it's always fun. Where's the booze? I got robbed by a sweet old lady on a motorized cart. I didn't even see it coming. So uh, I guess when I watched it again, I was looking for parts that I guess maybe that I didn't understand were funny, as funny as they should be. You know, uh, first time watching it, like I like I didn't I didn't appreciate the funny, and uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll give a couple of those right now. One of my favorites, uh, one of my, you know, just one of those little extra jokes yeah. in the movie was whenever uh, he drops her off at the airport, uh, she's about to talk and he like puts his finger up to her lip. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't need to happen, but it's so funny that it did. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> uh, boy. Shh. I was thinking, you know, they made they made fun of us saying we're we're Harry and 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 uh yeah yeah and, and, and Lloyd. I was like, who's Harry and who's Lloyd between us two? You know, you I think you could pull the Harry look better because you've got the hair. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I've got some fun facts. We'll go. I've got a few fun facts. We'll go over. Um, okay. You know what? You know who the first two people that were to, that 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 the Fairley brothers wanted to pick for this movie was Nick Cage and Gary Oldman. Can you imagine Dumb and Dumber with those two? How well, much different it would be. Again, it strikes the question, like, like who would be who, you know? Yeah, you know, you've got to put... I, I'm thinking Nick Cage would, be, would play Lloyd <laughs> perfectly, but Gary Oldman, I can't see Gary Oldman pulling this off in a goofy way. I, maybe he could. He's Gary fucking Oldman. He, he could do anything, but... That one just made me laugh out loud. I was like, "No way!" You know, mm. that combo would have been a, a. Oh, can you? I just trying to trying to imagine how they would pull it off. But you know what? In 1994, they they were both in their prime. They probably would have done pretty well. But I thought that was kind of cool. I certainly would wouldn't mind taking a look at it. You know, if if if, if it ever got made, like like I'll, I'll take a I'll take a peek at that. You know, yeah. Like like if somebody if somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, I got a copy of Dumb and Dumber." But it's Nick Cage and Gary Oldman. You'd be like, pop that in right now, like we're watching that. Nick Cage can do no wrong. I mean, he's done everything, literally. <laughs> I got another uh, fun fact. Jim Carrey's ch- uh, tooth is chipped in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's an actual real chip in his tooth. And he went to the dentist and took it out to add. He just wanted to add a little crazy to his character. It wasn't part of the script. It wasn't anything you know, that was required of him. He just went, you know what? I've got a really goofy chip in my tooth that I can pull out. So he went to the dentist and got his cap taken off. So that was not, you know, m- most people it, they thought it was fake, but it's actually real. That's uh, that's one of my favorite uh, Entertainment Tonight fun facts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you ever watch Entertainment Tonight? Oh, I loved Entertainment Tonight. Throw out little fun facts, you know, because it's a daily show. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes the news gets lost because it's such a small little tidbit or, you know, factoid. But, the, but they'll state it, and for some reason, it, I'll, it'll just stick in my brain. And uh, I heard that on Entertainment Tonight. Another last last fun tip. The hotel that is seen primarily uh, in the movie was actually the Stanley Hotel in Colorado where The Shining was shot. I thought that was pretty cool. Jim Carrey apparently stayed the night in the hotel in the, in the infamous Room 217 and yeah. couldn't stay the whole night, abruptly left, and we'll never talk about it. You know, that's off IMBD. It was shot at Stanley, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, I have a couple of fun facts. Did you know that Lauren Holly and Jim Carrey were an item? Yeah, it wasn't this the the eight month marriage or something they had. It was like less than a year or something. You know, we're we're getting into tabloid territory, but uh, I can't even remember them getting married. That was the she was you know nineties hot chick. So I think a lot of people were were surprised that Jim Carrey pulled Lauren Holly. <laughs> well, you know that brings up an odd point, which is like 
was Lauren Holly really that hot, or was she that hot because Jim Carrey thought she was hot? <laughs> and and so all the Jim Carrey fans were like, "Well, yeah." I mean, <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I, I agree. Beautiful. I, I wish she had a more fruitful career. I remember watching her in a movie called Turbulence, which wasn't very good. Uh, after Dumb and Dumber came out, let's see. Um, uh, the guy who plays Andre, the main bad guy. Uh, did you know that he was a former SNL cast member? What? Yeah. Well, it uh, must have been that one of the early 70s that I'm not aware of. but It was during the Eddie Murphy era. Wow. Uh, where, he's, where Eddie Murphy was a cast member. He was, he was also a cast member during that time, including um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and uh, Brian Doyle Murray were also SNL cast members. Wow. Uh, yeah, but his, his, name is, his name is Charles Rocket. And, I, have, I, don't, I don't see him as, a, as an SNL guy, but hey, you, you know. Isn't that crazy? It, it, yeah. that's, a, that's such a fun fact. I, I, I love throwing that out there. Did you know that uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short were both approached to play uh, Lloyd? Really? See, I wonder what, what the reasoning for that was. Well, I mean, you, you think about the jerk, you know, with uh, Martin. Uh, and I, I think it plays really well to what Lloyd's trying to do. I mean, the jerk, he was a dumb guy. Lloyd's a dumb yeah. guy. I think uh, at that by that time Steve Martin was going more towards the what Parenthood movies and and oh like Father, Father of the Bride. I, I think he was trying to get a little more serious maybe because I can you imagine this script given to you if it doesn't hit it's it makes you look bad. It's just a goofy character that you know if if you don't do well I don't know if I don't know if it hurts your reputation or not but and, you know most serious comedians want a less uh, <laughs> a less goofy character but who knows. Just saying that just now, or it, it reminds me of the Dumb and Dumber sequel. Let's talk uh, about this because I wrote a couple of notes. But are you talking sure. Dumb and Dumberer with the two young kids? No, that's the good one. I'm talking okay. about the the, <laughs> the one that the one that came out in 2014 with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. So that one's Dumb and Dumber Two, correct? Two. Right. You talk about movies firing on all cylinders. Yes, I think that Dumb and Dumber fired on all cylinders. Right. Like every, everything slipped into place perfectly to where like everything had to be perfect for these characters to be beloved. And if, if one thing is off or one thing is missing or, you know, just that thing that you need to make this movie. And I think Dumb and Dumber 2 is a perfect example of something missing. That's what the Kin Conference is all about. Yes. Truth. But I will ask that everyone please behave in a professional and dignified... Show us your tits! Both of them! I think the spirit was there. I think the acting was there. I think the characters were written properly to what, who, who they were. But in, in my opinion, they just really came off like dickheads. Like, yeah. like, rather, rather than just being like dumb. Like they were just like malicious. <laughs> like they were like... Like trying to fuck people over like really badly. Yeah, I, I didn't catch it because I just I was I heard I definitely caught reviews. I just couldn't do it, man. I wanted to keep Dumb and Dumber in my head as just the original. Even bringing back Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey it just wasn't enough for me. I'll pro- I probably have to see it just to say I have. But the one the one with the younger kids I thought was good. You know, it was it was funny. They played the characters well. And I don't, I can't remember most of that movie. Actually, it's been so long. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the one where Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels came back, and and just I heard it was such a dud. I, I guess it was faithful, but again, like I, I said, something something wasn't going right. Like something yeah. something that's like to, to where every delivery they made or every action they made never came off as like those dummies. Yeah, it was yeah. more like that dickhead. You right. know. Like, Frank thing maybe style or yeah yeah and, and, and like that they they're obscene in, in several uh, parts of the movie uh, which I mean but going back and watching this movie like they're obscene and they're dickheads also like in the first one but you know they spend all that all that ladies money and, and like that's a real it's a real dickhead move the IOUs what is this what is this where's all the money that's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. Go ahead and add it up. Every cent's accounted for. Look. See this? That's a car. 275000 Might want to hang on to that one. 
Yeah, uh, you know, like uh, just send it. I want to keep that one. You know, but having sea bass pay for his tab. You know, like these are dickhead moves. Yeah. Wait, what are you doing? Be careful! You buy them flakes. Um, excuse me. Sea bass and the fellows offered to pick up our check. They said just put it on their tab. They're very nice. Seabass said that. Well, if uh, that guy at the table over there is Seabass. Um, but if for some reason they don't they don't come off as dickheadish. Yeah. In the first one, and you were talking about the prequel that came out in the two thousands. I think you watched that movie and you were you didn't like it, and so and like it kind of rocked your Dumb and Dumber pillars a little bit. Like you like you didn't want it. Like that was the only time you're going to let anybody mess with your Dumb and Dumber. Exactly. It's like Ghostbusters. When they brought back the Ghostbusters, I just said, I'm not doing it. I'd like to catch reviews. If the reviews aren't there, or if they were there, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to give this thing a, a fair shot. You know, you have to, I mean, especially these nostalgic movies for people like us, you know, it's just, it's tough to, to, uh, to top that, you know, and, and it's just, yeah. we live in the reboot world. And, and it's, I, I've said, I do like my heroes coming back to do the last rides, but at the same time, uh, it can really just taint your your your, your memory, uh, everything about these movies. If it's that bad, I will say that there are genuinely funny parts in the movie, and and, and parts that are very like fairly like the the spirit is there. I challenge you to watch it. I'm gonna check it out. I have Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime. So if I can catch it on there, I'll catch it. It's not gonna ruin your memory. There you go. Of the movie, but I mean, it's it's not it's not Dumb and Dumber, so just just know that going in. Anyway, you're in good hands here, so take care, buddy. Uh, Lloyd, did you say something? Uh, uh. That's it, kid. You can do it. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Spit it out. God, yeah! <laughs> what, 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 what? You should see the look on your face. I got you so good. So, do you have an absolute favorite scene in this movie? You know, I'll just say my, I don't, and it's probably one of the just weirdest ones of the movie, but my favorite quote is the big gulps quote. <laughs> just I, I, you know, I love it. I don't know what it is, but just that nonchalant. Everyone's had that conversation in their life where you walk up on some strangers, you're trying to do the small talk. You know, hey guys, how we doing? All right, big gulps. Well, see you later. I mean, it, it, there's there, the quotes go. I mean, that every anytime anyone says John Denver, I have to say that John Denver's full mm. of shit. <laughs> Oh man, and just it just goes on and on. I mean, the you've had two two pairs of gloves this whole time. Uh, yeah, we're in the Rockies. <laughs> I mean, it just like I said, I, I sat here and wrote thirty quotes, and I'm going, all right, that's like a quarter of the movie, so I'll stop now. You know, <laughs> those are those your skis? Cool, both of them. <laughs> There's there is intelligence behind this humor. It is you know when 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 Harry's taking a giant dump and. It, which was pro- is probably the best bathroom scene of all time. Uh, it, it is, you know, anybody 12 and under can't breathe. They're laughing so hard. When I saw this movie as a kid, that scene was my favorite scene then because 
farts and fucking shit is just the funniest thing in the world. What what would you what's your favorite? What's your favorite scene or favorite quote, Charlie? Uh off the off the top of my head, I love uh when they're at the diner and Lloyd asks, excuse me, Flo. And then they <laughs> and then they both just die laughing. And then he's like and he's like Flo like the TV show. And the waitress is like, uh-huh. I love that. Um what about pull over? That when the cops pulling him over, pull over. No, it's a cardigan. But thanks for noticing. <laughs> great, great line. Uh, there was uh, there was a buddy I had when I was in my twenties, and we were talking about Dumb and Dumber. And of course, you know, and that's the thing with Dumb and Dumber is that every time you talk about it, you have to quote it. Uh, I remember um, being in middle school and uh, uh, being in line in the lunch line, and this, this guy in front of me also watched Dumb and Dumber. I found this out. And so we were in the lunch line for so long, we were just quoting the entire movie. And then every subsequent conversation I've had about this movie, it's just been a quote-a-thon, basically. And, uh, and so I remember one time I was with my buddy uh, about 10 years ago, and we were talking about Dumb and Dumber, and, and he's telling me his favorite lines. And one of the ones that I never thought was funny until he showed it to me in a different way. And it was the um, Felcher from Cranston. uh yes and he goes yeah you know her he goes oh yeah (laughs) i mean we're there in the hot tub together i I remember you talking about her and and my buddy thought it was the funniest thing yeah he's like like, it's so obvious that he knows who this person is like like it i never thought it was that funny like in in the movie Because I thought it was a stupid joke, like of course. Right. But then whenever he 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 repeated it in that way, it's it's now one of my favorite quotes of the of the whole movie. I mean, yeah. you gotta you gotta throw in the physical comedy too. I mean, you get Jeff Daniels with his tongue stuck on the the ski lift. One of my favorites is when the gas man, where they they try, you know, they give him the the habaneros and his burger, <laughs> and when he hits the ground, <laughs> fucking Lloyd. Points at his right into his face and does the the ha laugh, you know. And, and <laughs> whenever somebody like does that, my brother will stub his toe. I do that that point and laugh, just ah, you know. It's just there's a lot of physical comedy in it as well, like Jeff Daniels shitting scene. I mean, the way he yeah. sticks his legs out, the whole sound he makes. I mean, it, it it's everyone's nightmare. That even you know the sound that hits when he knows the toilet's broken. That that was the same. That was the same music that played right before Seabass uh, came yeah. into the bathroom stall. You know, like I said, we, we could sit here and quote the whole movie, but I threw out some of my favorites. But again, it's like little things in the movie that really intrigue me nowadays watching the movie. And I, I would love to be able to wipe my memory of Dumb and Dumber. Just go in and watch it again. Yes. And just, and just have that feeling. Because I remember watching the trailer for this movie and being like, that looks like a funny movie. And then going to see the movie and being 150% fulfilled. On what I watched, like everything that was advertised to me, totally came through. Like it's an it's an amazingly funny movie. Oh, that's uh, just satisfying coming out of Hollywood when you, you know, you see the you see the trailer, you get excited, then you watch the movie and you go, yes, they they nailed it. They did, you know, they did what they said they were gonna do. <laughs> it was everything I wanted the movie to be. You know, yeah, that's the way I wish every movie was. But God, it's so far from that now. Fun fact. Uh, one more fun fact. Uh, the Fairleys, I talked about how they just kind of came out of obscurity with this script. They actually have one uh, writing credit that's pre-Dumb and Dumber. And it's for uh, the sitcom Seinfeld. They, they wrote a treatment for one episode. Oh, nice. And they got a credit for it. It's an episode called The Virgin. Yeah. Uh, on Seinfeld. I've seen every episode of Seinfeld, but I cannot recall that episode in particular. Jerry! George, Marla. Marla. George, Jerry, Stacy. Stacy. Jerry. George, Stacy. Stacy. But I thought that was just so unique. And 
I think the Farrelly brothers' legacy is very, very secure. Even even with some of their later later stuff kind of falling on its ass, like Hall Pass and uh, Three Stooges. I mean, I thought they had one of the best comedy runs, like in history, like Mel Brooks level comedy run. Name them off: Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin. Uh, there's something about Mary, um, me, myself, and Irene. There you go. Uh, Shallow Hal. Uh, fever pitch with Jimmy Fallon and uh, Drew Barrymore, and on top of that, I mean, he helped write, produce, and he directed the movie Green Book, which won Best Picture at the Oscars. I thought uh, I thought I was going to an office. My daddy said you a doctor needed a driver. That's all they told you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's a bit more complicated than that. Have you ever driven professionally before? Sanitation. Garbage trucks. Plus, I drive my boss home at night. But I could drive anything. Limos, tow trucks, snow plows, whatever. I see. What other experience do you have? I worked a lot of joints, wagon wheel, peppermint lounge, copa. In what capacity? What do you mean? What did you do there? Uh, public relations. So one of the Farrelly's is an Oscar winner. Yeah, based off of off of Green Book, I think that's a testament to the fairly screenwriting. You know, like the, they're able to make such funny content. Why not transfer that to a dramatic film? And they did, and, and they made and they made they made such a watchable film in Green Book. You know, to right. where you can you can pop that movie in and show anybody, and they can absorb it, and they can get the message, and they're not it's not beating them over the head, and they're entertained the entire time. I always look kind of look at that as like the Farrelly's greatest achievement. I've always been intrigued by the brothers aspect of the, of directing. There's a few, you know, you can name off um, the Wachowski, the sibling aspect. Yeah. I've always been intrigued by that. The, the Stranger Things. It's the Duffer Brothers. Yeah, the Duffer Brothers. Yep, exactly. That's a good reference. I love Stranger Things. Big fan. But yeah, I've always wondered why if that is a thing. Is that just because they work so, they, you know, obviously artistic minds. They grew up as, as kids together. I don't know yeah. if one is better at one thing and the other's better at another. And as a combination, they're just gold you know because you don't ever hear of a of an unsuccessful sibling directorial you know oh. that come in and do it do it well um you know you've got um who else am i uh, the anderson brothers but they're they're definitely never a combo but they're very different and they do their own thing as well but equally successful um yeah, the, the duplass brothers uh, they made creep yeah but you but you're right <laughs> you're right about the about the intriguing the absolute me. home run that brother yeah. aspect uh takes on by it and then usually Peter is the more vocal of the two brothers, okay. and Bobby is kind of just you know he's he's the the screenwriter he's he's you know helps produce but he's also very much part of the brain trust. It's it's not that I don't want to see them split off and do solo stuff, but I mean I think they really excel uh, together. And one of my favorite Fairly Brothers movies is uh, the Heartbreak Kid. Yes, uh, it's one of, it's, it's one of my absolute favorites, especially when it, it came out whenever I was a newlywed. Yeah, and so it was just it was just such ripe content, and it was so fucking funny, and you know just those little those little isms, you know, yeah. uh, that Fairly Brothers are so great about pointing out, you know, like isn't this funny in life how we do this, you know, and they they, they kind of reflect on it, you know, through the narrative, and I always love that the the Fairly's content is always it always has a whimsical you know feel to it. Yeah, that's a good yeah. word. You're right. Yeah. Kingpin. Oh, I got to go back and, and rewatch that one. Bill yes. Murray at his best. <laughs> that, that's, I thought that was the last great Bill Murray comedy performance. Yes. And uh, and yeah, like all their stuff is usually, you know, there's always a great soundtrack. It's always very, you know, uh, independent, you know, like indie music. They really support that. And then their shots are always that they're never wasted. Like there's, there's a great background. They always try to catch it. Um, the, the great camera work. You know, great editing to go with the jokes. But, but I mean, with this movie, it's just so incredibly funny. It makes me think, what if you ran into someone that has never seen Dumb and Dumber? I mean, has that got to be in your top ten, like, what the fuck, you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber? It's kind of, you know, it's the same way, uh, in my opinion, it has to be up there with, uh, you haven't seen Jaws, or you haven't seen Pulp Fiction, or, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think Dumb and Dumber, just, it, it, it across the board, young, old can can get along, get on board, and and, and it's so enjoyable. So it, it would be fun to to show someone Dumb and Dumber for the first time. <laughs> I think my go to always. I think I did this twice. I showed um, somebody Forrest Gump for the first time. 
twice. That's that's hard. <laughs> and and I was like, man, you haven't seen Forrest Gump. We're doing this right now. Like <laughs> like sit like sit down. Yes. When it when it's that when it goes that deep, it's like some people really just don't get into movies, I guess, because really steer away from that, you know, intentionally almost. But there's no good reason to do so. <laughs> or they, they just never got wind of it. You know, it's just something yeah. that completely missed their radar. Which, and, it, then, it, and then it, on top of that, you're just like, I would love to see what you're thinking yes. watching this movie. How hard would it be to watch Dumb and Dumber with somebody and not say anything? And then you watch the reaction to the stuff to make sure that, you know, your crude child humor is still funny after, you know, all this time. Like you'd have to be like in a separate room watching them. Right. Watch, <laughs> you know, like, because I, I would just be watching them the entire time. Yeah, and it's also an age thing. I think you got to catch it. I feel like the older you get, this nonsense type of humor just doesn't do it for you. You know, I don't know. But, I mean, definitely seeing it in 1994, I was 11 years old. It couldn't have hit at a better time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just got a lot of bodily fluid, you know, type of jokes. Like, one of my favorites, like I said, I love the small things in this film. Yeah. Uh, I love the sound effect that he makes when he's, Pissing in the bottle, yes, and like and like you can hear the liquid uh-huh. getting near the top. Like I love that they added that sound effect. Quick, give me another bottle. Come on, hurry, 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 hurry! Come on, come on. Okay. You know, I love, I love. Remember when he's putting the X lax in his in Harry's drink, and he does his little tongue and his little look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be making so like I used to bartend, you know, and I, I would I would yeah. do that making people's drinks. I'd do the hair, yeah, <laughs> and, and <laughs> you know, just the, I take so much from that movie. It's it's it is a classic. It is a must see. It is in my top five comedy movies of all time. I'm giving it a solid nine point two. I don't think you can take. I mean, obviously, it's not a perfect movie, but. I think it's better than a nine and not quite a 9.5. So I'm giving it right in there in that 9.2 range. Charlie, what about you? I think this, as far as comedies, it, it ranks number one in my oh. all time comedies. Um, I had, I had mentioned on my top 10 all time, uh, the movie dirty work. Yes. That comes in number two behind dumb and dumber. Like, Oh wow. As much as I love, as much as I put, Dirty work on a pedestal. I still know that Dumb and Dumber is the funnier movie. Like I'm so aware of it. And and then watching it this last week, it really confirmed it again. And yeah, just just the, every scene is just so classic. Like Caddyshack. Like it's that it's that level comedy. It's yeah. Vacation. It's yep. you know take a seat with your brothers because you're here yep. now. You've, you've reached the head table. I feel like if you grew up around our era, it's on your Mount Rushmore, hands down. You know, it may not be number one or two, but it's in the conversation. I, I, I don't know what else to say about this movie. You know? Yeah, you know, I was going to say, this was a, I, I was the one that picked this movie because I was like, we haven't done a comedy. You know, I just kind of wanted to take a, ba- a break on, on all of our analysis, our deep, deep dives into these movies and just have some fun and, and throw some quotes around. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's also tough right now because there's just nothing going on in the movie industry. Kind of missing a bracket, a little bit of time between brackets, which is needed because you do all the work, brother. So I'm looking forward to the heist uh, bracket for sure. But we've got a little fun one next week uh, that we'll spoil a little bit here in the, on the on the on the real shit page on Facebook. So check it out, guys. Uh, schedule permitting, hopefully around this time next week, we'll do a show and we'll we'll lay it out. Looking looking forward to another uh, mano y mano between me and you, Charlie. Thinking of a guest maybe for the next week after that. So third parties are always fun. It just chops it up. It gets another opinion another head in the room we'll definitely um blurb about that yeah man it's been fun chatting with you man about a classic of all time for real i've never heard anybody hate on dumb and dumber i did see some bad reviews throughout you know my search my my research some people just don't like that sense of humor they like more intelligent dry humor i get it but man it's just in my opinion it's so hard to hate on this it's it's classic it's a it's gonna go down in, in in all of time for my favorite comedies i don't think you can top it but yeah, that that kind of wraps it up, guys. I hope you uh, enjoyed uh, our talk about Dumb and Dumber. Uh, let us know what you think uh, should be filling up the heist bracket. And uh, let, let us know what you think about the show, guys. I guess, guys, until next week, for Rylan Johnson, I'm Charlie Thompson, and we have been spitting the real shit. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. So uh, any other great quotes you want to do uh, uh, before we sign off here? Uh, just I, I love the, the end with Harry. You're alive, and you're a 
my friend. He's a little slow. The town is back that way. 